This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a really good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to tonight's episode of... Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy, but here's my number. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? That's uh, Matt Raines's alternative introduction to AW Rampage there with the alternative name for AW Rampage, I suppose, if you're a fan of our NXT preview or review podcasts. Ah. Um, right. It's going to be a weird one, this, because there's lots to talk about in this show. There's TNT title matches. There's behemoths clashing against each other. There's challenges being laid down. There's cease and desist letters to be uh, delivered, I suppose. But there is a uh, a sort of major issue going on when, within AEW and outside of AEW that we have to talk about first. But how are you feeling about this episode of Rampage? Wilborn, what am I looking at on my phone right now? It's, uh, it's, it's not the alarm. I'm not setting it. No. I'm not setting it. Um, Should we talk punk first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This card does not require much in the way of... Uh, insightful analysis or anything of the sort. Little peek behind the curtain here, by the way, and I was making my notes for this pod. I initially wrote out, you know, TNT title on the line, Brody King versus Jake Hager, blah, 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 blah. And then I wrote, CM Punk shoots on AEW. And I checked back and I was like, I've used that title before. (laughs) I'm going to have to narrow this one down. So I've just put CM Punk's latest AEW shoot because obviously he's put an Instagram thing out and then deleted it. I never know why they bothered deleting it at that point because someone, somewhere will have screenshotted it. Yep. It's everywhere, of course, now. Uh, he's going after not just um, Jericho uh, or Meltzer, but now John Moxley as well. What, what do you make of all this? Uh, well, 
it's, that's got to be him done. Yeah. Surely, three, like... Three hours after we reported and everyone else was talking, maybe there's, maybe there's a chance he's coming back soon. Yeah. It's one thing to completely bury and alienate the founders of the company and a lot of the management structure in the elite. That's one thing. That was already a huge barricade mm-hmm. into coming back. But Jericho and Mox, as we all know, have sort of taken upon themselves to be the self-appointed locker room leaders. They are um, the voice of the locker room. They sort of govern it, if you like, and this won't have done Punk any favors whatsoever. Um, how to pass this? To be honest, the majority of this podcast uh, might go on it because yeah. there's not much else to talk about. I was left with so many questions in the wake of Brawl Out, and so few of them have been answered mm. in any meaningful fashion. How did it all start? I've gone back through the uh, data mm-hmm. on Cage Match and located two shows very early in Punk's run on which both he and Colt Cabana appeared. Mm. There was one in October and November of 2021. So the idea that CM Punk has just went, you know what, never working with Scott Colton, get him out of here before I come in, at first appears like a lie. Mm -hmm. If there was any inference on Tony Khan's part that Punk had indicated without expressly saying as much because he knew it wouldn't go down well, if he did a very subtle indication and threw that in TK's direction, he certainly didn't listen because they have both appeared on the same Dynamite card on the same show. Mm. Like, there was CM Punk versus Bobby Fish, and then it was the big... um, Dark Order versus Elite Halloween tag. Yeah. So when did it all boot off? Was it, was Punk correct? Was he accurate in the presser? Did he never once even suggest to Tony Khan? Dave Meltzer doesn't believe that. He said a certain story was true from the start. If there was something after the fact, and certainly wasn't a sort of deal breaker from the very start. I'm only coming in if he's not there. Yeah. That, we know that didn't happen. Yeah. We've seen the bloody show. So if it became an issue, when and how? Um, because CM Punk said, you know, I've not, I've wanted nothing to do with Scott Colton for a decade, maybe even longer. Even though he's on record in 2018 describing Cole Cabana as his friend, mm-hmm. that's yet another thing that puts a hole in CM Punk's story. And my biggest one was. Why, when these rumors started to intensify, didn't Tony Khan just simply have Colt Cabana do a job on Elevation? Not being funny, that's what he's there to do these days. Yeah, That's what he's been there to do in AEW from the very start. In 2020, I watched more than a handful of matches with Colt Cabana on Dynamite, and he lost. He's, you know, a very talented guy, very diverse guy, but his role in that organization from day one has been to lose. It's not as if, if Tony Khan wanted to douse the speculation and say, of course I can use Col uh, Cabana. In fact, he's going to be on elevation this week. Anyone could have beat him. That's what that show exists to do. Have, who's getting pushed 
in the spring-summer of 2022. Takeshita was starting to mm. win on dark, but not on TV, and that was the big arc. He could have beaten Cole Cabana. Anyone could have beaten Cole <laughs> yes. Cabana. Um, who's it? Pick a, pick a heel. In Andrade. AEW. Andrade could have beaten Cole Cabana. Easy. Yeah. Why it seems to me like the biggest open goal, if your locker room and then your fandom is really starting to think that CM Punk is to blame for the weird disappearance of Cole Cabana and that, oh, oh he's, he's in ROH, complete load of bollocks and someone at that all-out press scrum should have said the amount of ROH talent who are appearing on Rampage at yeah. the moment. It's essentially a soft launch for Ring of Honor. That's what this is. More than it is an AEW product. That's how ROH-focused Rampage was for a while. They were dynamite all the time as well. He was trying to soft launch it and legitimize ROH through the lens of AEW programming to secure a TV deal mm -hmm. for it. That's what he was trying to do. There was loads of ROH. It was all out of the shop. <laughs> the idea that, oh, he's just exclusive to Ring of Honor. No, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. He absolutely wasn't. Wheeler Utah wasn't. Who else was on? Uh, FTR weren't. They went ROH. Why was Cole Cabana the only ROH guy? Ring of Honor's got its own TV show now. And we've still got the Kingdom showing up on tonight's uh, yeah. Rampage, for example. Exactly. So that was my big question. In who spoke to the media? Is CM Punk in the right? Where does the truth truly lie? That and so many other questions were on my mind in the wake of Brawl Out. All this Instagram post has achieved is I'm going to ask more questions that I might never know the answer to. Yeah. They're all very fascinating to discuss. And, you know, I've got a chronic addiction to Twitter. I was desperate to fire off a take because I just wanted to talk about it. And I thought, I just don't know the answer to this. I just no. don't know the answer. And I don't know who's in the right and I don't know who's in the wrong. What's funny about this Instagram post is that because he never specified a timeline, you can't tell if he's lying or not. Because we know he's lying if the statement in itself is wrong. He said that John Moxley refused to do a job for him. I watched him <laughs> do the job for CM Punk at All Out in Chicago. Did he just not add because he didn't have enough space without me doing a job for him first? And what's wrong with that? One, what's wrong with that? John Moxley was paramount to that company's success particularly in 2020. He's a massively protected top star. I've worked it out. He takes a clean loss on an annual basis. Really? It might change now that he's a heel. Right. Again, I'm going to be all over the place here. I don't think people care enough about Rampage. I'd hope they care more about this. Um, clean losses. Lance Archer, to a degree, but he was stuck in barbed wire. He wasn't, like, defeated as much. It wasn't a decisive. Yeah. Archer's the better wrestler for this amount of time. So there's the uh, Young Bucks are double or nothing. Where that no one interfered directly leading into the finish. But there was interference throughout, but the Bucks beat him clean enough. Uh, CM Punk at All Out. Hangman Page on Dynamite, Hangman Page at Revolution. He is about three months away from celebrating his four-year anniversary with the company. So John Moxley doesn't lose because he can't, because that's how stars are made and reinforced. Like, that's just how this thing works. So... One, I don't know why CM Punk is saying, oh, he wouldn't do a job for me. He did one. 
And look, it was a very complex political situation, as it often is in a company that isn't run by an autocrat and Vince McMahon, where there's a lot of bargaining, a lot of political discussion goes into these match finishes and pushes and title changes and the like. Look, I thought it was a weird, hurried story. I really liked it at the time, but it didn't age well at all. But John Moxley was well within his rights to say that my pandemic drawn record wasn't as impressive as yours over the short term, but God damn it, that was a tougher time for this company, and I carried AEW through it as the top champion. He was well within his rights to say, I'll embarrass you when you're injured and you beat me clean when you recovered. Like, that's the nicest possible way of saying, look, I need to get something out of this. And to, to, to sort of... That phrase isn't play devil's advocate here because I'm going to support what John Moxley said. The argument could well be, right, you're injured now. If you get injured again, who are they going to have to put the title on? Mm-hmm. Me. And if I've just lost, I'm, I'm in he a looks like position. Steve Bruce. He looks like... He's already looking a little bit like Steve Bruce. For American listeners, imagine, like, a really unfashionable sports franchise coach who has got this weird record of not being humiliated too often and he just gets jobs for no reason. Yeah, Like, he was looking like the guy, the caretaker, the guy who... Oh, Mr. Reliable. Yeah. Not like the biggest star, just a reliable, safe pair of hands, basically. Like, uninspiring, but you know they can do the job. You don't want John Moxley to ever feel like that. John yeah. Moxley doesn't want to feel like that. So I thought he's well within his rights. And what's another question here as well is there's two more I've got about this whole situation. Is that he's said, I'd never in my life experienced someone refusing to do a job for me. The way he framed that on Instagram, on that story, suggested to me that he was sort of bemused. By the idea in this day and age of pro wrestling where, you know, the old carnies have gone, or you'd hope they were gone, that CM Punk was bemused at the idea of, well, you're not going to do a job. What are you, Hulk Hogan? What is this WCW? Like, what's going on? Like, I thought we're all grown-ups here. We're past that generation. Mm. I'm inferring his tone and his incredulity of that when it was reported by, I believe, Voices of Wrestling, I might have got the outlet wrong, that in the wake of the workers' rights promo, from Hangman Page, CM Punk, the Shawn Michaels who thinks he's Bret Hart sometimes, apparently had it known that he would never do a job for Hangman Page ever. Like, he's at best, CM Punk, an inveterate hypocrite. I also thought when I read that, I remember your feud with Triple H. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No one has ever refused to do a job. Well, And on the art of wrestling, he raged against the idea when the rematch three la- three years later was put to him, he was like, I massively resent you for not putting me over when you should have. I don't know if S- Triple H outright said I'm not doing no, it, exactly. which is a big thing in wrestling. We know this from the Brett and Sean thing. Even the hypothetical, we don't have a match boot, even in the short or medium term. At some point, it's probably going to happen. But even the hypothetical, I will not do a job for you, is a massive thing. So maybe Triple H didn't say, I'm not going to do it. We're just telling you that this is the story. Yeah. You know, it's these differences. So it was weird for him to be bemused when he is alleged, again, alleged to have said the exact same thing to Hangman Page. What do we know, CM Punk? He has this incredibly strained, well, at this point, non-existent relationship with WWE. The resentment from both sides remains raw as hell to this day. 
much of it has to do, and we lived through the Art of Wrestling podcast and the lawsuits and the news cycle, is that he was, and he had every right to be this way. Every right to be this way, and good on CM Punk, Phil Brooks, whatever, for exposing this horrible business practice of WWE where they allegedly, allegedly, allegedly um, asked him to work hurt a little bit. We will never know realistically kind of what happened there. A court made their decision. I'm not bloody talking about it. What we do know and what we can talk about is CM Punk's feelings on the matter. He was disgusted, appalled, depressed, infuriated that they allegedly made him work through all of this. Why, if AEW indeed did the exact same thing, right, and if they did, it's a joke, right, because even if, for example, Christian Cage squashed Jungle Boy with a broken arm and Kenny Omega worked through this ridiculous, like, slapstick sitcom list of injuries list, it, yeah. throughout 2021, even if they themselves said, look, I'm hurt, I'll work through it, that's what wrestlers do, rightly or wrongly, that must, or I hope, was their decision. Yes. Okay? Uh... If AEW said to CM Punk, well, Christian's doing it, or Christian says he's going to do it, or oh, Kenny Omega didn't have a shoulder, he had vertigo, it was probably maybe even dangerous for him. Not him, he's too good at it. But, you know, <laughs> it theoretically could have been dangerous for him or his opponent. That still doesn't justify what the person, the individual CM Punk has about his own health concerns. And what we know about his history and how much he prioritizes his health. His very first promo in AEW, he talked about this, how he was sick and how he was made to work when he really didn't want to. That's how much it's still in the, one of the best moments of his entire life, coming back Chicago, sell out on a rumor. It still meant so much to him that he made sure to mention it in the very first promo Mm. he cut in AEW, right? Why? If we know how much CM Punk feels like he hates being told to work through an injury, did this not come out at the Brawlout press conference? When the stories were fed from his camp, remember CM Punk's camp, like he was actually a UFC fighter. I wouldn't call it a camp, that just invites a bloody ridicule. Why is that just coming out now? Mm. That seems to me... Like, an, if it's true, and we don't know anything really, let's just underscore that, we don't know anything really. If that's true, and we also know at the same time how much it disgusts CM Punk to be asked to do that, why is that only coming out now mm. when it should be the ultimate transgression? That should be one of the first things he said in Brawl Out. <clears throat> is it because he didn't cut that promo at Brawl Out under the belief that he knew he was going to leave the company? Because that was another story. Was I don't think it'd be that big a deal. That also came out from Punk's camp. Did it not mean as much, or was he pretending it didn't mean as much? Because he was he was not going to bury Tony Khan. He thought he could get away in what might have been a power play with the elite. He thought he could get away with burying them, but he would never bury Tony, mm-hmm. even though apparently he was asked. Well, you know, you're you hurt, but it's only a minute. What's going on, Wilborn? Where does the truth lie? We'll never know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm trying to accomplish. All I know is this is the most fascinating set of mysteries <laughs> in professional wrestling history for me. It really is. Um, and it's annoying because as wrestling fans, you get you know given these scenarios in storyline and you're like, well, at least in 
a few weeks, months, maybe a year at most, we'll be able to look back and go, there was the story. And maybe we'd like this bit of the time and it's not aged well, or we were confused by this, but actually if you learn it play, it was really good. We don't know if we're going to get any of that. I think I've just got this naive notion in my head that I've, if I ask the questions and look into all of the sides of the yeah. story as, you know, directly given to an outlet or aggregated from another outlet, I just have it in my head that if I ask the questions mm-hmm. oh, enough times, the I must yield the answer. It's just not going to happen. Um, and you know for a fact that AEW are just not going to release any official information because they're opening themselves up yeah. for litigation. Um, could it still swing that way now? If, and here's another thing, right? If CM Punk is telling the truth and he was asked or encouraged by AEW to work through an injury, ground that's got to be grounds for litigation. Yeah. Um, Unsafe working conditions, I don't know exactly what it'd be, yeah. but yeah, you'd assume. If he's talking complete bollocks... Couldn't AEW just rake him over the coals for that? Yeah. Another libel, is it? Or slander? I never know what the difference is. Yeah. In print. Yeah. If, and there's another offshoot of that, if he's lying, what would AEW prefer to do? Go for his throat and say, you cannot say that about our organization. You are lying. You need to be punished. And we're going to just take it to court or something for that. Or... Do they not want to do that with the idea of, you know, if I can just ride this out, if I'm Tony Khan, if I can just ride this out, I might come back. If I can just put my fingers in my ears, wait for time to heal some wounds, I'll get all of my stars back at once. What's going on? Mm. That that felt like the smoke and gun, that line about the um about the injury and asking to work hurt, because that has got that's a serious accusation to throw out. So serious that it's such a terrible look for AEW if that's proven to be true. So much so that they would surely move to say absolutely not yeah. improve it. And but then the political side of wanting a star to make money for your company might I just want to know the answers to these questions. We need, I realize I'm observer. just asking questions, but it's just the most fascinating conversation mm. in wrestling, and I'll never not be fascinated with it. Like you know, when people get certain <clears throat> Not hobbies, but just things that they just... It's the thing that they're interested in. Like, my mom is all about <coughs> the Titanic. Yeah. Loves the history of the Titanic. Can't get enough of every, like, historical document or whatever pertaining to it. Some people are, like, obsessed with, like, the First World War. Yeah. They just have this interest on the Civil War, whatever. This historical event yeah. that they are obsessed with. My stupid Mark nerd wrestling brain has <laughs> decided that I need to know the answer to this. I need to know every single word, listen to every single podcast. Mm. What's going on? And the biggest question of all, has he never seen a Rocky movie? Especially well, not Rocky 3. What are your thoughts on the Rocky franchise? Sensational. Absolutely masterpiece. I've waned in the later stages, I'll give you that. You know, having said that, Grew it, watched it when I was growing up. Like my cousin had them all on tape, or yeah, well, this is a dodgy DVD. It might go a bit wonky in the middle. Da, da, da. I remember watching them, and then I must have been at uni when was it Rocky Balboa? It was called. Came out. Oh. I was like, oh, he's going to get back in the ring and fight this guy who's the best boxer right now. And I was like, well, I'm going to go and see that. Yeah, I'm yeah. an idiot. 
And then like I really like Creed, for example. I think that's great. I need Creed's to, great. I need to go and see the new one of that. That's on my to-do list. Um, but I genuinely think Rocky Three is one of the finest pieces of cinema I've ever seen. I think it's such like how often do I can reference it with regards to my other rant yeah, yeah. about Becky and Shayna? Because I think it's just a, such a, uh, a, a sort of relatable story of oh, you got too carried away with your fame and you've forgotten about your roots and da 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 and and Mr. T's in it. Like, what more do you want from a movie? Hogan, when he was halfway... Oh, he's an idiot who talks a little rubbish. You know, he killed a wrestling promotion once upon a time, but I grew up loving him before you realised that he was an actual arsehole. Um, for me, Rocky never hit in the same way certain other actions or sports films mm. do. There's something about... I think the first one just has this really bleak vibe. I think it's depressing. I'll tell you what I love, I love Rocky for. Yeah. I like it when it gets as stupid and as... Brightly lit, where the physiques are at their best. I wonder why. <laughs> There's no subtlety, is there? On this one, we're going to show Rocky chucking fucking trees around in the snow, and we're going to blatantly show just a big old needle going into the big rush. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. It's the it's epitome of eighties cheese. And I'm all about that. So I like four, with the knowledge that it's not artistically as good as the first three. Mm. I just like I have cornball drama of it. I might go back and, back and watch Rocky. I've watched Rocky 3 so many times. I might watch 4 this weekend. 4's great. It's so 80s it hurts. It's got the best soundtrack. Yeah. There's no easy way out from 4. I think so, yes. Yeah, and that's what a song. What an absolute tune that is. Um, yeah. I, those are my thoughts on Rocky. I'll never know the answer to these questions. No. I have this thing in my head where... If I keep asking them, I will draw a conclusion. It's not going to happen. It's like, you know, these grizzled procedural dramas where this is just total cold murder case, but you're intent on solving it. The protagonist is intent on solving it, and their personal life will spiral out of control <laughs> because it's an obsession. Michael, come to bed. It's like, no, 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 because if you listen to this podcast, it contradicts himself here yeah the uh, always sunny board with this the red string yeah who the hell's f this phil cm punk in 2022 said i've wanted nothing to do with scott colton for a decade maybe even longer than that right 2022 minus 2014 when the art of wrestling was recorded that's eight, eight. years you can give or take that in his head is a decade. Realistically, it was eight years, but eight years, ten years, you know, doesn't make that much of a difference. In 2018, <laughs> he referred to Cole Cabana as that's four years ago. Make it make sense. We'll likely never know a lot of the answers to this. We'll but never know. I don't even know, like, do I like him or not, Wilborn? I don't know. Do I? He's got the right to defend himself. Yeah. There are certain people who. He is uh, accused of being liars who I know have lied before. And it, it's the meme where, you know, the jokes now are, according to the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Chris Jericho flicked his scarf over his shoulder and said, that's the end of that chapter as the entire locker room cheered yeah. as CM Punk slunk out with um, a stick. You know, like the whole <laughs> yeah, sticks yeah, yeah. There are certain excerpts in Shoot Observers yeah. where Chris Jericho like got the biggest pop with the insult and won all the fights and stuff. So, you know, there's an element of that. God damn it, what's going on? 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Um, let's talk about AW Rampage tonight, mm. shall we? Um, TNT Championship on the line, Powerhouse Hobbs defending, uh, this time against Penta El Zero. Um, we, we sort of alluded to this a little bit on the, uh, on the Rampage, oh, that's on the Rampage, that's what we're doing now, on the, uh, Dynamite review, where I reiterated, if you'd asked me at the start of 2023, for example, what do you want for Powerhouse Hobbs this year? And I think by then the vignettes of the Powerhouse book, the book of Hobbs yeah, had already yeah, started. Yeah. And I'd have been like, well, I want him to come in. Probably wouldn't have booked him as a heel, if I'm honest, because like we said at the time... That's the best life story. Well, yeah. not the worst, but also the most admirable. Yeah, exactly. But regardless, come in, dominant TNT Championship win over whoever is the champion. If he wanted to be Wardlow, I'd have been like, yeah, that's that's fine. Um, that arguably puts him over because, you know, Wardlow is, uh, is who he is. Um, and then, yeah, first two title defences, Ray Phoenix and Penta. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. But it's just the... Monkey's poor element of like, you can have that, but he has to do QTV bollocks. Although yeah. he wasn't on it this week, I suppose, technically. Uh, it's also, apologies for the swear on the dynamite that I missed. I uh, don't be a cop in future. I love yous, but, you know, come on. <laughs> There's a reason why we can't sw- swear. So yeah. the idea that it becomes public is not the best. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I There's not much more to say about this that I hadn't already said on the dynamite review. Ultimately, it's just everyone can tell from a mile away that this is not going to work. And isn't it funny that none of them have worked a day in their lives in the wrestling industry? It's almost like the fans know things. Mm. 
Jesus Christ, this whole never thing. Never had a boxing match. I've never been to film school, but I can appreciate the Rocky franchise. Yes. So Exactly, very topical. Um, look, this Just match. Phil, can Phil comment on it? Because Phil's taken a bump. Phil's been to wrestling school. You know what the stupidest thing is? Is that the more bumps you take, I'm not being funny, I'm really not trying to be crass here or insensitive, but like bumping's not good for your like, no. you know, brain capacity or anything like that. It's just I hate it so much. This whole thing is so bloody exhausting. Uh, and this it's just reeks of mid-card. It's axe-grinding stuff. Oh, wrestling media, let's satirize it. Let's not let's just do some good stories that aren't rooted in nepotism that the fans might actually like. Um, but you're meant to hate it, aren't you? He's a heel. It's a difference. And I'm just, uh, Look, this match should be of a decent quality. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the absolute loudest dynamite crowd I've ever heard. They went ballistic for Omega versus Vikingo. But seen the ROH match? For, uh, yeah, it looks ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Vikingo versus Commander, if you're unaware, by yeah. the way. Um, wait a second. I'm going to press that one because... That's going to get us into trouble. So, there it is. There it is. Oh, my God. Preemptively. Maybe they'll build this match in a similar way to the Phoenix one where he finally gets the German. But it doesn't really matter because he's just Hobbs is too much of a monster. But instead, Penta could do that. The Destroyer or the Fear Factor. Destroyer would be cooler because you'd actually buy it as a near fall. Um, we'd want a book because... That's how they have to build this match. Aerial guy who isn't as strong, just attacks and attacks and attacks, but ultimately he just doesn't have the strength to deal with this monster in front of him. So it's the second one in as many weeks. Uh, Hobbs is going to win. It's just I'm just bored. I'm honestly bored of anything to do with Powerhouse Hobbs, and if you look at him, it should be impossible. Yeah. Another uh, attack on Alex Abrahantes this week. Um, oh, why not? <laughs> yeah, you're not there. Bring Pack back as yeah. part of all this, but then wasn't the whole idea, and obviously visa issues have probably nixed this or delayed it, but wasn't the idea that Death Triangle are on the outs because mm. they both had, each had different opinions on whether they should be cheating or not. Of course, yeah. And that's just completely died on the vine, so who knows how and when or if. Pack comes back. It's all yeah, very I can weird. say, considering the reports from our very own Phil Chambers and Andy Murray from a gig this week, you and I can probably assume he's not going to be on this week's episode of Rampage. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. That's a good point. Um, let's move on and talk about the big lads getting into it. Jake Hager <sighs> challenging Brody King, who's on this undefeated streak since oh uh, last Friday. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this at all. If I'm being perfectly honest, it's one of those matches where. There's no good outcome here. One of two things is going to happen. Either you have Brody King lose in two consecutive weeks, which is stupid, particularly after all the great work Omega did. He lost that trio's title because of Brody King, essentially. Yeah. Couldn't do anything. He was the equalizer. Barely keep him down for a, to a knee. Yeah. So either he gets beat again to build the trios match with the House of Black, which is stupid. You don't beat some you don't beat a champion to have a title match. You can do it very, very sparingly. There's a good and a bad version of everything. But what what is this? WWE? Mm. If that happens. And again, both outcomes are bad. If it doesn't happen, 
and Brody King wins, what were they doing last week? If you're not, are they building towards a trios title match or not? If they are, it's a bad build that you've killed your champ, one of your champions in two consecutive weeks. And if Brody King goes over here, then the JAS have no claim for a trios match anymore, which just makes last week um, a waste of time. What, what, what do they claimed have to do with any of this? Is Colwick and Garcia, because that's the customary way of building a pay-per-view match. Obviously, Garcia works under Chris Jericho in the storyline. I don't know where all of these pieces fit, so my official stance on all of this is let it play out. Mm. They've got a plan. Look at all the other great stuff on Dynamite that's slowly coming together. Maybe this is going to slowly come together. Just because I don't know how it's going to come together doesn't mean it's not going to come together in a really cool or satisfactory way. But yeah, just this particular match, I see no good outcome. Mm. Either you build a trios match in the worst possible way, or you negate the idea of doing a trios match because you've gone 50-50 with Brody King. I just don't know what we're doing here. I, but again, I, I let it play out. I sense major shenanigans here, obviously, especially considering what we saw last week. But maybe, I mean, it's going to be a weird uh, combination of babyface t- people and teams in my uh, wide world of, of this, basically. Yeah. So I've gone... Yeah. Uh, Sammy Guevara tries to interfere um, because it's George A.S. Jericho's on commentary to try and take him out of this and he's just like, oh, I don't know anything about this. So, uh, three, uh, three years championship match. when Jericho says that. <laughs> so Guevara tries to interfere and either or, Jungle Boy or Darby Allen stops him. Garcia tries to interfere. Adam Cole stops him. They got the match next week. And then... The only ones left I can think of are um, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange, who get stopped by the acclaimed, but then the acclaimed are on the show later um, or earlier. Uh, can you imagine if in this, he likes to sort of weave a web, doesn't he? Tony Khan, where various players in and around the same storyline will come together and do a big tag or save each other in brawls. Like we saw something recently with like the acclaimed and best friends. Against the Jarrett or Orange Cassidy. Something like that, yeah. Claimed in Daddy R. So, like, there's these weird combinations of guys who will just come together to oppose a common enemy. We've seen it a million times. What if it's the acclaimed in the House of Black? How does that work? I just don't know how any of this fits together, but we'll see. We'll see. As for the match quality itself, look, Hager's had one too many nothing matches on AEW TV for me. Impossible to get excited about Brody King has what to he win. does. Yeah, but if he does, what does last week accomplish, you know? Um, I, the only time Jake Hager's looked like a player is when he was in the ring with Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson can make Eric Escobar look like a player, so that means nothing. <laughs> That's a, lot, a deep ball, I like that. He's always my... He's, I just can't fathom how they invested so much time in the developmental system and decided to put him on TV. What a boring wrestler. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Very boring. Uh, The acclaimed are in action tonight as well, taking on the kingdom, uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, which is great. I really like, uh, particularly Matt Taven. Me and Phil were actually talking today, and I I said to him, just not to sound all marky here, but it is a genuine uh, relief to me that someone like AEW's come along because I probably should do more of this in my own spare time as part of my job, really. Um, but 
had uh, AEW, and this is just, I could go on for ages and ages and ages. Had AEW not come along, off the top of my head, I wouldn't have known, unless you would have told me about it, or there was rumors about them going to WWE, and then we had to sort of do more of a detailed sort of deep dive on them. I wouldn't have known a great deal, or watched probably more than a couple at best, or highlights, or clips on YouTube, or clips on Twitter, or whatever, of matches, for, top of my head, uh, Matt Taven, for example, here, Kanosuke Keshta, Eddie Kingston, and most importantly, the, 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 the catalyst for this conversation between me and Phil, El Hijo Del Fikingo and Commander. Because I always used to see yeah. Kingo on those lists of like top 10 wrestlers a year, and I'd be like, oh, cool, don't know who that guy is. Anyway, on to the next thing. So it's, I, I really am you know, grateful for this, bringing these sorts of people to, to, to my attention and what have you. Um, having said all that, I sense probably we're going to get shenanigans in this one because obviously Taven and Bennett have, got, have had issues with Top Flight, they, the tag match, da, 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 and you've got the acclaimed with the JAS lads as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really interested in this one, to be honest. I was like, going to throw to you on Raw and you go, I mean, it's Dolph Ziggler versus Mustafa Ali. What do you want from yeah, me? Yeah, I don't know what you want from me here. I don't know what uh, AEW wants from me here. We like all four guys in this match, don't we? I think the kingdom are massively underrated. Yeah. In fact, I think the prevailing narrative online, you know, in the wrestling circles that care, it's become a cliche to say that, say that underrated because the second that so many people say it, becomes like an engagement thing. Mm. I just can't see this being anything other than a vehicle for something else, and I only care about that sort of booking when it's a vehicle for something else, when I'm interested in the something else in a ROH mid-card match. Not really, if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah. Um, I uh, acclaimed versus, uh, sorry, Top Flight versus Kingdom. They could do a series, and each one could get better, and it could be the making of Top Flight, but like it's an anticipated dream match. It's something that's more behooves AEW to do than to promote, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It makes sense for them to put Top Flight in a program with Kingdom, and it'll be good to very, very, very good, but it makes more sense to do than it's really exciting. Plus, I don't necessarily think the acclaim should need interference between Top Flight and and the Kingdom, because the acclaim are just coming off a tag team title reign, let's not forget. 2.0 could screw them. Mm. Or attempt to do it, and Top Flight could run them off. And then they can set up an eight-man. That's very Tony Khan. That is very Tony Khan. He I'm loves go, doing that. Don't like how acclaimed win because it makes sense, really. Yeah. <laughs> Khan and lose. I don't know how many they've lost recently or, you know, not won as we've in multi-person matches for the tag titles, of course. Um, can't put it off any longer, Sige. Will Juice Robinson answer Ricky Starks' challenge? We're going to hear from him tonight, despite the fact that, as Hamflet pointed out, we heard from him on Dynamite. I thought we were going to get the match. What are we doing? Yeah. Is there any point in building this one? What are they doing? Uh, look, I've been a bit conspiratorial earlier in this podcast with our CM Punk chat. Let's keep that thread going. <laughs> I think this is a test. Yeah, you I said this a few days think ago. This yeah. is a test. Because the thing with Ricky Starks is that he has that. There's maybe a bit about this with MGF in his very, very early days when. He would botch the he botched the crossroads, which was bad because he was trying to prove that he was better than Cody, which he didn't do by botching the <laughs> crossroads in that match against Hangman Page. There were some promos where he's a little bit like off piste, he went on tangents, and he didn't have because he was like still a bit green on TV. He didn't have the complete 
set of evidence of no, go with him. He's obviously going to be a mega star. Invest everything in him. Ricky Starks has got this thing, but the incriminating thing for Starks is that he's been at this on AEW television for he's coming up to his uh, three year anniversary. Really, it was about a couple of weeks after Double or Nothing where mm. he debuted because Cody, Cody Rhodes won the TNT title at Double or Nothing, and then Ricky Starks was part of that open challenge. So it's coming up to three years of Ricky Starks in AEW, and you know I do think wrestling, and I'm probably guilty of this as well, or I have been in the past. There's a thing about wrestling where it's all about the booker and what the booker does with talent, um, and that dictates whether the talent lives, thrives, dies on the vine. Sometimes the talent comes into it as well, mm. and sometimes the talent can't sometimes reach that next step, and it makes the booker look incompetent for investing, but you know, why would you invest in someone who can't make that next step? And maybe this is a test for Starks. Like, can you do something with a pretty cold... Um, guy who hasn't done much, who's not really in our plans. I don't know why they signed him, to be perfectly honest. Can you do something? Can you elevate this? Can you do what a champion does? Can you do what a star does? It feels to me like a test. But it's one of two things. It's a test, a calculated test, or simply just a pretty bad and boring idea, <laughs> um, or a good one that got off to a very lousy start. Yeah. But the fact that Ricky Starks has no passion or emotion or belief, or anything about this makes me think that if there was a really cool story, and this was the first phase, he wouldn't look like he just was put out by doing it. Um, I can't see whatever this ends up being, being a hot angle at all. I just can't. Yeah, at best. Juice Rob is an exception. We I just want to get the match out of the way, to be honest. Yeah. Next week on Dynamite or Rampage. Uh, we have a come down mm. from Vikingo versus Kenny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not the main event of next week. Um, finally, um, Layla Gray is showing up on uh, Rampage, probably ending up in a match. This I've read people report it as a match. As far as I was aware, it was just Layla Gray hand-delivering the cease and desist to Totaya Valkyrie from Jade Cargill, obviously done by Mark Sterling. Um, one way or another, whether it's a match or just a physical thing, someone's getting jaded, aren't they? Yeah, Layla Gray. Yeah. Because it's, well, it's, I know it's not jaded when Tyre does it, but... Yeah, the name escapes me, but I know what you're getting at. Um, she could entertain the notion of she's going to sign it just to allow Layla Gray to talk herself into trouble, and then she could throw it to the floor and then do the jaded onto it. Or maybe she says, you know, you've been... I don't know how it works with a cease and desist. You have to be served with it or whatever it is. And I mean, do you know what I'm gonna... I think wrestling's going to be particularly uh, accurate or believable. Yeah, grand face. Just googling what the name of the finish. Road to Valhalla. That sounds about right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So maybe Tyre goes. Thanks, Layla Gray. <laughs> Thanks, Layla. <laughs> Thanks for this. Oh, I tell you what. I promise, no more jadeds from me. I can still do the Road to Valhalla, right? Up you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The name on the contract says, you know, that kind of stuff. Hey, Wilborn, it's not a bad idea, mate. Hey, just call me Butter, baby. I'm on a roll. Um, right, there we go. We've done, we've done Rampage. We've, we've done it. God damn it. When am I going to watch this? I'm out tonight. Oh, yeah. Going to a nice restaurant. Um, so I'll be hungover in the morning. Uh, tomorrow night. That's leisure time. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's Monday morning. <laughs> I was going to say Monday lunchtime. Bingo! One of the 
to. Like, yeah, it's one of those where it's homework. I will put it off. Yeah, me too. It's homework. Do you want to watch it on a Saturday night watching Rampage? You can watch Rocky Four, mate. Watch Tremors. They're on Amazon Prime, the Rocky ones. Or they were a couple of weeks ago. That, that new documentary we need to watch as well. Yeah, yeah, Waco. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Monday morning it is. It's, what, it's the worst choice. Do you give up primetime recreational real estate and just watch it on Saturday or Sunday night? England playing Sunday afternoon. Don't forget. What time? England, Ukraine. I think like 5, five 4.35 o'clock. Great game against Italy. I mean, it's two different Looks sides. fantastic in that first half. And then I don't know what happened second half. Well, the old England came out, basically. Yeah, we got, we got, we got very scared. Uh, do I watch it on Sunday and just waste it? Or do I lose a precious hour of sleep on Monday morning? Let us know in the comments below on this Twitter post. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, half? Half and half? Yeah, half, half split it up. Yeah. That really is homework. Oh, I'll do the first chapter and then I'll... Yeah, yeah. Uh, procrastinate. At What Culture WWE for that. You can follow Michael Sidgwick on Twitter at... M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. For daily wrestling podcasts, the SmackDown preview is available right now. And WrestleCulture with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz is coming your way a little bit later on today. And me and Sidge will be back on Monday at some point uh, to review AEW Rampage. But for now, this has been the Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.